You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I'm waiting for you to say something. Why? Just just for a change, you introduced stuff. You didn't mention that. <laughs> I was in here like, was that 10 seconds? You were supposed to be doing 10 seconds of silence? It was like 30 seconds. It seemed like an eternity. I thought... I thought you might introduce the show. No, I'm not paying attention to what you're doing, so, you know, I'm taking your lead on this. So, there you go. All right, so... Bef- Welcome you- to the after the show. We're going to skip over all the boring details and get straight to the movie. Oh, no. We can't do that. So, you should never leave me in charge. What we're talking about before the show. Yeah? What? Nothing. Well, what were we talking about? A little bit of music, your friend's messaging you, you're playing the game. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Random, figured out what to have for supper... Unfortunately, there wasn't a structure this time. No. So, I will do the introduction. This will be the weekend of Saturday, November the 25th. This is after the show 507. And it's 2017, by the way. The year of... I was going to say the year of our Lord, but he has nothing to do with it, has he? (laughs) I mean, that's what they would say. The year of our Lord, 2017. And then Noah took all the animals on a boat. This is great that you're getting started right off the bat, uh, trying to embarrass somebody. The Lord, I don't think he's listening. (laughs) Okay, I have no comment. I'm not going to get in on that discussion. He doesn't like podcasts, he's told me. (laughs) Uh, He only likes regular Was it Where are you going with this? So, uh, it's that weekend. It's uh, after the show number 507... And uh, this is a podcast about movies. And the movie review we're going to look at this week is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. It's a 2017 movie. Released on Blu-ray on uh, the 21st of November. You can get it on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD. It's PG-13, and it's from our friends at Lionsgate, who gave us a copy for review. Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Hmm, what's the origin story of this Alpha space station place, of course? Um, It used to be our little space station, international space station over the Earth, and then it got shoved off because too many planets have involved themselves with coming to visit it now. We're going for 500 years in the future, and then we meet a couple of soldier people who have to go on a mission because something bad is happening in Alpha. That's that's, a, that's very good. Yeah. All right. Doesn't sound very interesting. <laughs> no, actually, it really does. <laughs> so this is um, the new movie by Luc Besson, who has described this movie himself as the spiritual successor to his movie The Fifth Element. N- not a sequel, but you know, going back to his sci-fi. Well, I would say the sci-fi movie. Only he does it. He has a very specific look, feel to his mo- to his sci-fi movies. Um, so we were big fans as a oh we yeah have one brain here. Fifth Element, absolutely. Fifth Element, I have I've absolutely. Had, yeah, I have actually. Uh, I own it about five different formats. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, love that movie. It is it is really fantastic. So um, I didn't expect this to live up to the uh, Fifth Element. Let me just say that, because it is a classic, in my opinion, of sci-fi. Mm. The Fifth Element. Do you, do you not agree? I wouldn't compare. No, uh, I, that's what I'm saying. So I didn't compare. Yeah, but I'm you not. you are by saying that you are mm. essentially. You're letting it off the hook, which is a comparison of sorts. So, um, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets is based on a graphic novel from. Did you get what year it was from? 1959. Mm, he was a kid when he was reading it. Yeah, it's a French... Um, he's not that much older than us, is he? He's probably 17. I don't know. I didn't think he was that old, but... It's a... Um, it, it's not actually a comic, in fact. It, you know in the newspapers where they have, like, a, a, like peanuts or whatever, like one, like a column? It was a column in a French newspaper where you literally got one panel, and then a week the week later you get another panel. So... It was one of the things that he loved as a child, and it always stuck with him. 
So this was a movie you'd always wanted to make based on that property. And it just Called so happens... Valerian and Loreline. Yeah, it just so happens Valerian and Loreline is 50... It's its 50th anniversary this year, the comic. Therefore... The strip. <laughs> if it's 50, then what year? Because I just turned 50. All right, do the math. And I was born in 1967. Yeah, so it was so in, they... the, in the 60s, this comic book. It was 1967. Yeah. That's if it what, just did its 50th. That's what I'm saying, in the 60s. Actually, it was November. Well, I was 19, specifically November of 1967. So that was a good month. I was born, and so was Valerian and Loreline. True. So um, let's get on to the movie. Uh, first off, give us your overall feelings of the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I always, I'm a sci fi person anyway i will take anybody's vision of anything from any angle in one of my recommendations is a little bit different take on sci-fi and stuff um so i'm all over anything that takes me somewhere else i enjoyed the spectacle of it and it's kind of fun however and there's a however the story itself is a bit blah and I don't particularly care about these two. They're kind of cutesy, and but they're not quite tough enough, but they're not quite cutesy enough. I've, I've got that syndrome where some a movie doesn't commit to a thing. Like, she's a good soldier, but she's not, like, super tough. And he's a general of some kind. He's, like, Valerian. And I was like, this it? Just this guy who's, like... Almost a kid. He doesn't do anything, hardly, except... With the tools that he has. He's not, like, special that I'm aware of. We weren't made to believe he had any special powers or any sort of power in his government at all. He's just a flunky, almost. And so I'm like, what's the deal here? So are we just... We're not even seeing the origins of them. We're just jumping in when they're doing this particular mission. So all of that was a bit drab to me, unfortunately. And the look of everything, which I love, obviously... Fifth Element, because it's cartoony, it's, like, wild, and yet the thing about Fifth Element is that you're really engaged with the world as it is, with the super high layers of traffic and stuff, and how a vehicle could come right to your little pod apartment, but you're, like, you know, a thousand feet off the ground, and so it shows that guy's boat coming up to his little window, and, you know, there's none of that happening. It's just sort of a mat painting 3D going in and out of, you know, a CG kind of a world chasing through this maze of different things. And I didn't feel that engaged with it, unfortunately. But I had a good time. So, you know, I'm a little torn on this one. What I have to say is the opening sequence of this movie, which plays um, David Bowie's Space Oddity, like the whole song, actually, um... It's really effective. It like sucked me right in. Like, like I love that song, and the way it was used in this movie, which it shows you that International Space Station, and it shows you all these, you know, as these different races um, discover it, mm-hmm. they meet with the people and shake their hands, and then you see it just getting bigger and bigger as it, as more of these alien species come on board, like. And I just thought it was a really effective way of setting up that whole thing. Yeah, now, tell, yeah, that's the origin of the whole thing. Yeah, and it was like a three-minute sequence, and it was really interesting. You get to see all these really cool-looking aliens. It's interesting. However, unfortunately, my mind wandered during some of these chase scenes. No, that, I'm talking about this. just this introduction I understand. scene. Jim. My mind was wandering during the chase scenes, and I went back to the beginning thinking, I wish they had spent the whole movie, this movie, if they want to do a franchise... Right? Spend the whole movie developing this city of a thousand planets, even though this is probably just one of their adventures. But if you'd given me a whole movie, a, a few minutes of just the International Space Station in the 20th century, and then a few minutes of it, a you know, hundred years ahead, and a few minutes, a hundred years ahead, to really get me, give me the sense of how it grew and grew, instead of it going from what we see now to this monolith, like gigantic thing which it's hard to scale for me so i actually thought about that i liked the beginning but then i was like eh, we could have added more to it now that was, this this that was what i was going at that beginning part really effective opening and then we meet valerian and Loreline, and almost immediately i was like 
I don't, I don't buy him as a general. First off, he, you know, like you were saying, he yeah. just he just seems like, you know, a, just not even a man. Like he seems like a kid. He's not a kid. Like he seems like a teenager, and she's they just seem young. And I mean, it's five hundred years in the future, yeah, so true. things will be different. Obviously, he just seems to like. He's not grizzled in any way, and he's, he does say at one point he's been through all kinds of battles, and you know he's led a, a legion or something. And I was like, I never, I never ever buy that that he's done all that. Even during the action sequences when he's like, you know, fighting and stuff, it it just seemed a bit choreographed and not. I'm not like when I watch Star Wars, for instance, and then you meet Han Solo, and with very few lines of dialogue from him, you understand exactly what he is, right? Yeah. And you buy that he's this grizzled bounty hunter guy, he's been through some shit. Bit of a caricature, and yet you're yeah. you're sold on the whole of it. So this, um, you know, Valerian guy, I because there is no build-up to him, he's just immediately this badass, you know, he doesn't particularly look like a badass, but he is a, he is a badass. Um, I, I, I could never kind of quite get behind it. I could get behind her slightly more, but again, like you said, she's a, it's a bit too the cutesy stuff that they tried to do a lot, and and I'm, it's not like um, the one-liner cheesy one-liner stuff. It's more like you know Leia and Han the way they act together in Empire Strikes Back. They, mm-hmm. they were trying to do that, but like a lot, like over and over and over. Yeah, like you know. She she understands he's kind of a dick sometimes, and but he loves her. But we have and, no evidence of that. But we just, haven't, yeah, and no evidence even of in his demeanor or the way that he speaks or acts at all no. that he has any history of being anything. He's just nothing, unfortunately, to they, me, totally nothing. But they try and do that dynamic with the that it's kind of like Leia and Han. It kept reminding me of that. It's the you know I'll say something snarky and you'll give me a comeback. And they just did it a bit too much. It was a bit too cheeky for me, that. And I never bought these two main characters, ever. Even at the end, when they have to come into their own and solve the problem, I still wasn't with them fully. Yep, me either. So so that's a problem in a movie like this. Um... You want to be on their adventure with them and, like, think that they're... They've started at a certain point with their personalities know a little bit about them, and then have them do something that makes you either fall in exposes love with them. more of who they are or changes who they are. I know that that sounds like, I mean, that's just how story it's formulas work. Yeah. <laughs> but it is how stories work. Like, if you knew me my whole life, and every single day I was just, she, you asked me ten questions, I'm like, yep, nope, yep, yep, nope. Now, my answers might change over the course of 50 years. But I'd be really boring. Like, what's so interesting about just nothingness? You know, I want to know more. Yeah. And I didn't get that from them. So that's the problem with the script here. There's no, like, delving into their backstory at all, really. Now, it's almost like, because Luke Besson is a passion project, and he's so familiar with those comic books, which obviously we're not, because when, first off, we're not French. We didn't read the French newspaper. And second, we, you know, probably didn't, even have it in our countries. So we can't, you can't assume that we know everything about them when we come into this. But that's how it feels. Like you really should know about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't do that with a movie like this because. I this feel is, like it's, it told me a story. Like it told me this adventure. It did, but. It just didn't build them up enough. It could have been an adventure with any other set of people. True. Like if it was a Star Wars movie, for instance. Talking of another sci-fi franchise. If you just put some it's Star Wars It's basically the only in. other sci-fi that you'll ever talk about, so everybody <laughs> yeah. just get used to that. Or Star Trek, even. like You know the new Abrams movies? If it was if if it was this story, but with the Star Trek crew instead of these two, it would also be the work, wouldn't it? Like, it, it it's interchangeable. Like, the actual story is not particularly... Unique or anything? No, no. That I was, uh, I was really disappointed because it was instantly apparent what had happened. Like, like there was no like, oh, 
Good. No. Oh, man, it was just instant. As soon as somebody enters the frame, you're like, oh, yeah, uh, that's yeah, where it's going. There isn't any surprises due to the plot. Now, I sound like I'm being negative, but what I really liked about this movie, obviously, is the visuals are really, like, it's, it's, Luke Besson has a very specific thing. It's, I, I would like to describe it as, it's really high-tech CG stuff. But there's also like really crafty stuff, like arts and crafts. Like, yeah. so, like a lot of the costumes look like things are stuck on, and like there's pieces of plastic just stuck in, and you know it, it looks very homemade. Some of the stuff, <laughs> mostly the costumes, and you know, as in the Fifth Element, the costumes are awesome in this movie. Like even like, you know, Clive Owen's like commander costume with the gold on it and stuff. It just all looked really interesting and kind of kitschy, like. Which is how Luke Besson likes it. You know, Rihanna's costumes and these two, you know, at the beginning where they're in their like casual gear, you know. Um, but what I really liked as well is uh, there are some really good set pieces throughout the movie. Like the first one, like that mega mall thing. What do you think of that? There's a mall. Um, I, I was very underwhelmed. Interesting idea. Um, I guess. To explain what the mall... Yeah, it is that that there's two dimensions on this planet. I mean, I don't know if there's more than one dimension everywhere, but they've figured out a way that you can come to this planet, put on this goggle thing, go to the dimension that's also existing, like quantum physics. In that other alternate dimension is this big store. What was it called? Big Market. Where there's a million stalls and it's just like a tourist trap, essentially. That's all it is. People come in with their little, you know, groups. And again, when he's in there and they have to go in and out, and they've got some cool gadgets to get to be able to cross over back and forth and get things from this dimension to that dimension. I love all that. It's nicely thought out. I was like, ooh, what's the, you know, what's not the science, like real science, but what are, how are we going to explain that I can bring something like a, from another dimension. Touristy thing. Yeah, <laughs> go buy some crap over there and bring it back home. Um, like coming through customs, basically, <laughs> but from another dimension. So I liked all that. But then once we're in, the a, running around, a chase again, sequence. it's a little bit, I don't get to see anything really well. It's like a blur. We get to go back and forth from one dimension to the other because in our dimension, it's just a desert. There's nothing there, which is kind of cool because it shows him running or interacting with somebody because we see him in our dimension, but we don't see what he's seeing in that dimension. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. However, it's really cool. when you're in the big market, it's not that interesting. I don't get to, we never stop long enough to be like quirky little stall people or understand the dynamics. Nothing. It's just no. like bing, bam, boom, and you're out. And it's, I felt like, oh my God, I would have a whole movie in there too. And that's actually a problem, another problem. Yeah, it's really cool, that sequence. And like you say, it never, it doesn't stop. It's really quick. They get in, they do the little heisty thing, and then they're out, right? You never get to see the market properly or Correct. anything. And another, in another sequence further on in the movie, which is another awesome, like, inspired sequence where he, he's, he's smashing through walls in, <laughs> like, running through walls. And as you go through each wall, there's another, because this big space station thing is made up of all different races, you know, who've all come on there and made their own little separate zones. He's smashing through all these different zones and they're all different. And it's just cool looking. And it lasts for, you know, a minute or so. It's really fast, though. You don't get to see the zones properly, like, yeah. again. And I was like, after he'd smashed through the final and she said, you're there now. You know, you don't need to smash through anymore. You're there. I was like, no, I want to see, like, all these zones. I want to see a sequence of them just visiting the different places. Like, oh, look at this place where all the water creatures are. And Yeah, get stuck in one of them and have to get, find your way out, communicate with somebody, yeah. kind of figure out what's all going on. I get that it's a very, like, if you're reading a comic book and panels in a comic book and they do a really cool drawing, you could spend a half an hour looking at that intricate drawing and getting, like, building your own vibe of that whole place, right? If you had four panels in the water area, your mind fills in all the gaps. This is just like, what, 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 what? And while it's happening, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like, and then you're like, ooh, that was quick. Yeah, I want to go back over there. Wait, go turn around. Go back, go back. 
Yeah, and there's another, there's that sequence, and then there's another sequence where <clears throat> he gets to the, what do you call that place where Rihanna is? Uh, Paradise Alley, I think. Right, like that. so that Pleasure looks, Alley, something that like looks that. pretty cool, doesn't it? As soon as you see it, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, go over there, I want to see what's over there. And then he goes over there, and then you don't see much of it again. <laughs> no. like It's like it's one little tiny set, like a tiny little claustrophobic set, and then almost immediately you whisked into inside this nightclub so you don't see the entire thing at all so i kept thinking that is it is this like a budget thing because this movie had a huge budget but it all it all seems for for such epic stuff it all seemed like you were in this narrow funnel all the time <laughs> like yeah always like you were never really exploring this big universe again it's like I- they wanted it to be about them but making it about them wasn't a good idea to me because I wasn't that interested in them. So they could have been this sort of vapid characters that I feel like they are. But if they were in an amazing world, yeah, I would be constantly interested. And again, they are in an amazing world. It's just the yeah. amazing world. Uh, he only chooses to show you it uh, like briefly. Like there's a lot of times where you just, you know, do you think that's one of his, because he's experienced it and filled it all in with his mind, he kind of makes that leap for everybody else? It almost feels like that, doesn't it? Like, because the fifth element, I felt like I got the whole world. Like, I understood how it was all built up, and I understood all the places that they visit and how it felt. Because you had a little stop at every little weird place, just I, even for a few seconds or even long enough to have a little engagement with the thing. Just to drink it all in. Like, yeah. you, you get on that big cruise liner in... in the fifth element, and you get the musical performance. And I thought this movie was about to do the same thing because, you know, you get to this, uh, you know, peep show area and <laughs> Rihanna starts... I mean, that was... I'll be honest. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. It was really, really cool. Yes, uh, that like, performance was my favorite thing in the whole... And her character, in fact. The whole of Rihanna's thing was again, my favorite thing. Rihanna's, Rihanna was amazing. The the performance thing with the CGI... What she is, she's like a shapeshifter thing. She can be whatever you want. So in this sexual kind of... Well, she can be anything. In this strip club, for instance. She, she's Yeah, the perfect. guy who she apparently is working for or has her captive. Which yeah, it, it sounded like, like captive to me. That she has to do like a strip tease for people and become different kinds of women. Yeah, whatever essentially. they want. But she can actually be anything at all. Any shape, anything. And uh, she's kind of a sad little character. And I thought it was my... I was wanting more of her. Yeah, so she does this cool um, strip tease type thing where she's in all different costumes and she's morphing into all these different things. It's really cool. And then... You know, she kind of gets out of there with him. And I was like, wow, she's a really cool character. And then two minutes later, she's gone. <laughs> I mean, she's literally not in it anymore. Like, it's, uh, again, underutilized. Because I was like, oh, well, here here we've got, like, the third character in our crew now. Who's going to be really cool and, like, a really good actor. So here's asset. a clue in Luc Besson movies. Don't be blue. No. <laughs> and don't, <laughs> don't be the performer. Don't be blue. <laughs> <laughs> don't be the performer in yeah. that scene. Don't be the blue alien. Um, but, yeah. Um, and then... As it, as the overall plot thing, as it came to the end, that was no surprise to me what was happening there. No, no, not at all. And it was no surprise. I was inst- as soon as we met a particular character, I'm like, yep, I know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And um, we see the... And then we meet the dick, and then we're like, oh yeah, I'm putting these two things together. Yeah. So, um, it's a cool spectacle. Yes. And I admire anything that Luke Besson does. I want to go he- back to that place. Yeah, <laughs> just like I want to go back to the giant head in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. You get to see and feel like the scope of the place and how weird it is, and you know, you know, and Valerian, um, you know, the, it's done pretty well. There's some very green screeny stuff. Yeah, I think, and it is pretty. It's a mix between cartoony and then trying to also be a little more realistic, which they didn't quite get the balance right all the time. But I love. But, it makes me want to be in those places, kind of. Yeah, but because it has, because he does have that kind of off the wall kind of. It's not. It's very cartoonish. His um, sci-fi, um, yeah. the green screeny stuff, um, kind of fit. It, it almost felt like it was supposed to be like that to me. Uh, I also really, really love the image of her in that dress with the big hat. Yeah, that was funny. And then it. The big hat actually being a plate is really... I thought that was really... like I didn't expect that at all. Like When you see the little hair sticking up and I was like, oh. 
<laughs> That's what it's for. Um, yeah, I thought that that was there's imaginative stuff in this movie, really imaginative, where you're like. Wow, that's, you know, that's really cool. Little elements, fifth element. There's, there's at least five elements in this movie that are cool. Is that like- <laughs> No, but I mean, there are there are little things like that thing where they put the big hat on her and you're like, oh. And, you know. And then the, it's over. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the, the Rihanna thing and you're like, wow, I've never seen this before. And then there's the cool punching through the walls part where you're like, wow, you know. What kind of suit is that? How is he doing that? Yeah. First of all, I mean, and then there's like a cool space seek, a space chase where they're in the ship and they're shooting at other ships, a big battle, Star Wars style. There's, um, you know, that cool height. It's almost a heist. It's just like a, a mission on the planet with the mall. There's all elements of great stuff. It's just to me, those main characters don't pull the whole thing together properly, and I know that. I could tell from the extras that Luke Besson thinks that those two main characters are literally the ultimate thing he's ever seen. Yeah, I think it's he's literally gotta... like the comic book coming to life for him. And I understand that. Yeah, it's just that that blinds you a little bit to the to the people who aren't privy right. to it. And to me, it's like we'll get onto the cast, and that's a good time to discuss. Dane DeHaan plays Major Valerian, and I, what did I say to you about this guy? Oh, he had a vibe of Neo. I said he was. I, f- I felt like he he was channeling. Um, there's a school of acting called the Keanu Reeves Reeves <laughs> sk- School of Acting. There is not. And Keanu Reeves went to it, and so did this guy. But they're the only two people who went to it. <laughs> so it's a very wooden, um, not very emotional performance. I feel. To be it's- fair, nobody is emotional in this. We don't meet any characters other than the blue lady. Who are... Uh, and Rihanna, who's very emotional, actually. She's the blue one. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, but Dane DeHaan, is, his delivery is very... It's, it's odd. As, as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, wow, this dialogue's really wooden. And then I was like, hold on. It's actually not this dialogue. It's that guy. He's, like, very saying the lines. I'm saying the lines. There's not much emotion to me. But there again, maybe this character doesn't have much emotion. But that, but I mean, like I said, it's the future. We don't know the nature of you know how but, people are. Nobody's nobody's like that deeply connected. It doesn't seem so. We've seen Dane DeHaan before, right? It was the the bad guy in Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. He was the was like, spoiled kind of kid who turned into the bad bad guy. I don't even remember. Um, but yeah, I don't. I almost feel like he's miscast, but I, I know it, I know that Luke Besson loves them both. I could tell that he lo- he, he was like, wow, these are just... But to me, I, I just could never get behind him. I was trying as well, you know? I was really like, I need to like this guy, don't I? Because he's the hero. <laughs> he's like literally the hero. But I, I'm not doing it. Now, I refuse. <laughs> now, Cara Delevingne plays uh, Sergeant Loreline. And she was better, didn't you think? Sometimes. Sometimes really good and really, I was really into it. And then other times I was like, you're acting just like him. Someone's letting you be this way because they're sort of enamored with you. And I think that sometimes you get a director whose standard for performance isn't that high. Right. And so they kind of let you get away with it because she seemed really super charming and Unfortunately, I think that made it all suffer a bit. Yeah, she's kind of like a. Um, I mean, we could see her on the set in the extras, and she's um, one she's of those. Vi- yeah, vivacious, really like you know, always funny, like, always cracking a joke or you know doing something funny, and you know it comes across in the movie that way. So almost like she's playing herself. But sometimes, yeah. And, <laughs> well, there are some moments of emotion, like where she, where she was. Um, in the thing with uh, Clive Owen with the punching. Yeah. But you that know, was I just felt... being mad. Yeah. So it's almost like because they both are kind of attractive looking, like that's really what they cared about more than the acting part. Don't you feel that way? Like because they look the part. Yeah. Absolutely. It's almost like, you know, what do you call it? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both really attractive and that and they 
you know, they look like a pair. It's not enough. They look like a pair. Like, it's, it's you know. Kind of. But, yeah. They, One they're... of them needed to be either really afraid and sort of putting on a front or just so freaking tough. And then we find out how this person got to be how they are. Are they genetically engineered? Are they, have they have terrible experiences? How they get into the army? Anything. Anything at all that would indicate to me why they are the way they are. Yeah. would have been good. Yeah, and, you know, maybe there will be another movie of this and we will get some fill-in on these people, but in this movie, you don't. You've really got to take a load of leaps. you got to go, okay, this guy is a general, a major, sorry, and she's a sergeant, and they've actually been, you know, from one line of dialogue, it's, it sounds like they've done a load of stuff. So, okay, I have to, you have to, <laughs> yeah, you have take to just leap. go with that. Like. <laughs> so, but, you know, every time I'm looking at them, I'm like, they're just kids. What? How can? How much stuff have they gone through? Like, I don't know. So, uh, Clive Owen plays Commander Aaron Flit. What do you think? I've not boring. seen Clive. Not seen Clive Owen for a while. He was really boring. I can't help it. It was just like nothing. It he was pretty bad. Anything. Though, right? He was what? He was a bad guy. Like yeah, I liked. Didn't, I wasn't. I wasn't intimidated or anything. I felt like he was a flunky who got into this position and doesn't really give a shit. I mean, the thing that happens isn't actually. On purpose, but then there's a cover-up, and he's just... You get to see him very little. He doesn't have an agenda. He doesn't have a focus of any kind other than this one tiny little thing. I just felt him... I found it was a really boring bad guy. I actually... The guy who filled in for him, I actually liked him better, and I didn't write him down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I liked him. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I liked him better than the main guy. Yeah. So, um... Uh, Rihanna plays Bubble. We've mentioned Rihanna a few times here. Yeah, she was good. Best yeah. thing in the movie. Yeah, really good. She actually has a song in the movie. She does a dance thing. She turns into a CG character. She's it's... the emotional one, which yeah. added something to the whole movie. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, sometimes when they put like a musical artist or whatever in a movie and they're not actually an actor. Yeah, you never know. It's a bit weird sometimes, but she just fit this universe. It was just perfect. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Plays Jolly the Briefly. Pimp. Briefly. He was funny. He's, <laughs> I know it's a Luke Besson movie, and I could call back to Chris Tucker in Fifth Element. It's an all I love Chris Tucker in Fifth Element. It's just it's he's just going like, fuck it, I'm just going to do this crazy character and that's it. Like And I felt like Ethan Hawke was trying to do that, but it didn't fully come across again for me. No, I felt like the other guy was who welcomed everybody to Big Market. That was the Chris Tucker guy. Right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, the performance of Chris Tucker was like, fuck this, I'm just going to be crazy. And this guy, and Ethan Hawke was trying the same thing. But it almost, I don't know, it just, I kept thinking, like, it's Ethan Hawke in, like, a weird fancy dress outfit. (laughs) It doesn't really, it doesn't really fit him fully. Like, I don't, I don't know. But he's, he's, he's a pimp. He's Rihanna's pimp, I guess, and he is kind of outrageous a little bit. Yeah. Um, you've seen that kind of character in sci-fi films before. And I put down Rutger Hauer as the president. Really weird, right? Really weird. Rutger Hauer is the main credited person in this movie, and he is literally in it for 30 for, seconds. Uh, yeah, at the most. Yeah, and, and when you go and look at the credits, Rutger Hauer is right there at the top. Reason being, Luke Besson loves Blade Runner. And he mm. and he, Rutger Hauer agreed to be in it, and he was blinded by the light yeah, exactly. of a previous performance. Um, so that's how Rutger Hauer, you know, ended up in those credits like that. Uh, directed by Luke Besson, The Fifth Element, Lucy, Leon. Um, you know, he 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 also uh, didn't direct these movies, but he's responsible for like the Transporter franchise. Which I really like that first transporter movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a man throwing a woman. Yeah, he's been responsible for a lot of different stuff, um, a lot of French stuff, and also a lot of international stuff. Um, the Fifth Element and Leon the Professional are his greatest achievements in my book. <laughs> Still, after all these years. Um, and what you're doing is basing future and current Luke Besson movies. On those, just like he's basing Redker Howard's performance on his previous. Yeah, one. true. <laughs> and when, we all do it. And when Luke Besson came out with Lucy a few years ago, I was so excited to see that, and it was such a letdown for me. It just didn't. 
you know, it should have been badass. Like it was, <laughs> it was Scarlett Johansson and it was a cool sci-fi story and it had just a really cool concept. And it just kind of, it kind of fizzled out. Like the idea, they do the idea and then the rest of the movie's like, yeah, it's just a chase. It's like her being chased and some cops chasing her and then the ending's a bit, eh, remember the ending. Kind of. Uh, his next film is Lucy 2, by the way. He's doing the sequel to that. Well, there you go. So maybe that will get filled in some more, but I was so disappointed with Lucy. I was just thinking it was going to be some badass thing, but it wasn't. But um, I do like Luke Besson's early stuff. The Fifth Element is just... I could watch it right now. It's that good. Absolutely. And Leon the Professional, it tugs at my heartstrings every time I watch it. That end sequence, <laughs> if you... Uh, Don't tell everybody. If you're not emotionally... Moved by what happens in that movie. It's, it's just, ugh. <laughs> so yeah, Luke Besson, I really like him. Um, but unfortunately, while I enjoyed what was going on in this, there was too many like, negative-y things based around these two people for me to fully recommend this. And the overall direction of what how we get to experience the whole of this place and the story. Because they called it, like, a passion project for Luke Besson, and I, I feel like I can feel that. He's he's passionate about this thing. You can see it on the screen. But then sometimes when you're very passionate about a thing, you're too close to it to yeah. make it appeal to people who don't understand it, what it is. You know? Agree. So that's how this feels to me. But on the back of the box, it says it's a visual masterpiece. And I can definitely, in terms of visuals, it is pretty no, cool. No, I think it tricks you into thinking that. But if you really think about it, what did you? What do you remember seeing that was so amazing? The um, space station-y thing was yeah, well, what's amazing smashing about through the that. walls. Yeah, but, you're, but what did Rihanna's you really dance. see? Rihanna's dance was cool. But what else did you really get to see other than, like, it's like smoke and mirrors convincing you that you're seeing something cool? The planet at the beginning uh, with the avatari type looking people with the big war going on above them was pretty cool. That was cool. Yeah. Because we got to linger there. Yeah, we did. Long enough visit to visit it for a while. Experience, kind of figure out who they are, how they are, earthy. You know, we're talking about a little avatar vibe there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt avatar. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if, you, if you would have just opened on that sequence. And not told me what that was. I would think that was the new Avatar. Like, right. like it was the setup for the beginning of the new Avatar. Because it really had that vibe. Even the earthy vibe of, you know, protect, you know, protecting your planet and giving back and all that stuff. It had all that in it. True. So um, moving on to the extras on this uh, Blu-ray, there is a... It's called um, Citizens of Imagination Creating the Universe of Valerian. It's really good. It lasts about an hour and ten minutes. It visits everything, I think. Every department, right? Like the art department, the special effects, the fighting on the yeah. set. Uh, Luke Besson, you get to see loads of him actually on the set. Um, it's a really good... It's not one of those EPK things where it's just made for the movie channel. It's a proper, like, made, you know, f- documentary type thing. There's also enhancement pods... Which are, you can watch the movie again the second time and then you can like turn them on and they're those picture in picture things that pop up at the bottom. And it's, you know, it used to be called like Universal used to do it. It used to be like the, when Blu ray first came out, Universal did this thing called, what was it, U Play or something? Yeah. And it was always there and you would watch it picture in picture. Nobody does that anymore. It kind of went away, but this, this has a version of it. There's also the Art of Valerian Photo Gallery. Uh, and the teaser trailer and the final trailer. Uh, while that doesn't sound like a lot, that that hour and ten minute thing is enough for you to get the whole gist of how this movie was made. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. The extras are actually pretty good. So, conclusion, um, like I said, I uh, like what I saw. It's definitely a very flawed movie. It might not be for you if you really get behind... Valerian and Loreline, maybe you like these two characters a lot, but for me, I am not. Maybe I have to repeat watch it, and then I will like them more. I don't know. Yeah. It could be a movie that grows on you, you know, like some do. I don't even... 
See, The Fifth Element, it wasn't a movie that grew on me. It was a movie that I immediately liked, you know? <laughs> Listen to us. Fifth Element, Fifth Element, Fifth but Element. But this one, maybe you can revisit it and it will be. you will notice more things that you didn't? I don't know. True. But that's not saying it's bad because it is kind of a spectacle type thing that you can watch uh, if you like sci-fi. So what is your um, final conclusion on that? I agree with you. It didn't wow me. But the idea of it wowed me. I'm kind of like, I saw the trailer for this when it first came out. And, and I was like, oh my god, look at that. That's... Because you know what shows, one of the main things I was like, whoa, is when Rihanna does the thing and whoop, yeah, it changes did. into a different thing. And it, I was like, oh my god, Luke Besson's back doing sci-fi. And that, that looks like something I want to see. And it's not quite what that sells you. It's not quite up to the level of the trailer. So, um, yeah, that's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, thank you to Lionsgate for this movie, you can go and uh, win a copy of Atomic Blonde. We have a copy of that. And we also have a copy of Kidnap. Go and uh, enter our contest, com. Click on the word contest. Next week's movie review is Logan Lucky, which stars Mr. James Bond himself, Daniel Craig. So we'll look at that next week. Movie recommendations based on Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Mine are really simple. It's The Fifth Element and Leon. They are both amazing movies. They're now available on 4K, I believe. You can get them on Blu-ray as well. Get them both. Back-to-back watch them. You'll see Luc Besson at his best. There is no better than those two movies from him. <laughs> and your recommendations are? Mine are Midnight Special. That's what it was called, right? The one that we saw. That is what it was called. Yeah. It's a different take on sci-fi, and it's kind of quiet, and yet you're like, whoa, shit, every once in a while. So I think that it's really worth a, it's got a totally different vibe. And then Close Encounters of the Third Kind is my other one, which also has a different point of view on the alien, you know, encountering other species, other, um, you know, well, species from other places kind of a thing. Yeah, um, Close Encounters literally just came out on 4K and Blu-ray re- very recently mm. as well, so it was a good time to revisit that. Uh, brilliant film, right? Close Encounters, really. I mean, when I was a kid and I watched it. It's a little bit overwhelming if you're not a Dreyfus fan. <laughs> yeah. Because he's kind of deep in his little world there, but... Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, there's our recommendations for this week. Games and a Scully stuff. I've been playing more Star Wars Battlefront 2. I finished the campaign. I said I would talk about it after I finished the campaign. I don't want to spoil anything. Suffice to say, if, so you, if you are a Star Wars fan, um, and this story, Star Wars Battlefront 2's campaign, being canon in the Star Wars universe, um you are a Star Wars fan and you're going to see The Last Jedi, you should really see this and play it because this story does tie into these movies. Um, I won't say how, but it is very... I was kind of surprised what was going on towards the end of it. (laughs) Um, Interestingly enough, uh, it isn't the whole campaign that you get in the retail game. It's the first two acts. And then it ends... But it ends right at the beginning of The Force Awakens. Almost right at the beginning of The Force Awakens. Now, on sep- on December the 14th, which is the release day of The Last Jedi in the cinemas, the Star Wars Battlefront 2, the final act of the campaign, will become available. It's free if you bought the game. It's not like a paid add-on. But um, they didn't include it because there's some spoilers for the movie which makes total sense to me. You don't want to spoil the movie before the movie comes out. So when you've come back from the movie on the 14th of December, if you're a crazy Star Wars fan, you can actually play the final act of Battlefront 2, which will show exactly how it ties into The Last Jedi and Force Awakens. So I'm excited for that. Um, We're not going to see it for a week, so I'm going to have to hold off on that campaign for a week. I can't play it before I've seen the movie. (laughs) So that's Star Wars Battlefront 2. The multiplayer is really fun. They took away the microtransaction thing. Doesn't really matter anyway. I've been playing it without any transactions and I'm fine. It's fun. Um, what else came out this week? Animal Crossing on uh, mobile. 
So this is Nintendo's... You're, you played Animal Crossing, right? Back in the day, yeah. On the... What was it on? The DS. Oh, the DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Animal Crossing's like an... It's, it's been going for years. It's a Nintendo franchise. It's... um. How would you describe it? It's just a... Is it like adventure? The uh, yeah, well, not really. You don't get to build anything. You just go around collecting Furnish. a bunch of shit to build your little area, but you don't have any freedom. It's just that if you're supposed to get a couch, then you get a couch, and then it appears where it needs to appear, and you meet pe- people, quote unquote, and you go fishing, and it takes five minutes to get a fish, and you know, <laughs> it's like you're really involved when you're really into it. Now, in this one, you can arrange all your, you know, you can. You, uh, I, I put, I bought a couch actually today in that game, and it, it, a grid pattern thing comes up, and you can put it where you want in the room. You know, it's not like the couch. Goes yeah, the but couch. it's still not quite the same. And you have to craft all the different items, and you, you've also got a camper van in this one. It's slightly different than the other one because it's like it's based on like you own a campsite, and you've got like your. You saw my little van, like a VW van that you drive around yeah, in. Yeah. And you drive to other people's campsites, which they've done up. So if you had one, I could go to yours. And you can share, like, like I can give you apples from my tree, but you've only got pears on your tree. You know, like, yep. it's the similar to the other Animal Crossing. Um, the best part about it is it's actually free. It's on Android and iOS. And there are no, like, transactions in it. I, I've, I've been looking... Um, the only mobile kind of thing that's in it is there are timers, but there were timers in the original Animal Crossing too. Like when you like, you know, in this, for instance, if I want to make a table, you go in the catalog and there's a table and it says you need seven wood, three apples. I don't know why you need apples to make a table, but <laughs> apparently you do. You need seven wood, three apples and two uh, metal rods and a fish. Now, you're going to go out and get those things, and then you come back, and then you make the table. And then it'll say, like, your table will be ready in four hours, you know? So, as far as I can see, there is no, like, trying to fish you into buying stuff, and it's totally free. But there must be something in there, because why would they make it if they're not charging you for it? So, I haven't come across that yet. I haven't come across that twat. You remember that twat in Animal Crossing? The what? Tom. Uh, if you ever come across Tom Nook in Animal Crossing, he is just going to like, he's gonna give you a mortgage, or he's gonna. Oh give, yeah, he's like the shyster. He's the is the loan shark basically. And Tom Nook is in this game. I haven't met him yet, but apparently when you meet him, he's going to like give you a loan to get a lot of stuff, and then yeah. you're gonna have to pay him back with the interest. So, yeah, f you, Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's uh, free. It's on Android and iOS. You can just go and get it on your phone or your tablet or whatever. Uh, might as well try it. Um, my third game I've been playing this week is American Truck Simulator, which I've played for a long time, but they've got a new state added to it, which is New Mexico. And I've been driving around New Mexico, and it's really fun. It's a lot different to the last state that they had, which was Nevada. Um... And it has Roswell, and I drove into Roswell, and the whole place is like, I guess it's what it's really like. Like, there's loads of shops with flying saucers on them, and aliens, and there's people dressed as aliens in the street. Is that really, it probably does happen in Roswell, right? It's a touristy place. I don't know for sure. It sounds like it is. Yeah. Um, But there's loads of, like, stuff to find along, I was driving through the Roswell part at night, and you can see UFOs in the sky, you know, they've done that, there's... A crashed UFO that I found in the middle of the desert. So they're having a bit of fun with this, unless those things are really there. They're probably, in Roswell itself, I'm sure there are, like, fake UFOs that they've buried into the ground, so you can, you know, like a tourist. You would think, yes. Yeah, I mean, why not? But um, it's Truck Simulator New Mexico. It's like a DLC for American Truck Simulator. Um, I actually, they sent me it for review. But I think it's actually eight ninety nine for the for the whole state, and if you play Truck Simulator, you'll know that that's worth. You'll get your money's worth out of it because it is the whole state. Like if you drive from one end to the other, it will take. They've, you know, it's it's that size. It's not a small little area. So uh, that are my games for this week. What 
is for dinner. Tonight is going to be corn burger, and I say corn as in Q-U-O-R-N. Um, they're like a burger on a bun with some cheese. They are frozen. It is microwave dinner. And then uh, mashed potatoes, which are also out of a box, some frozen peas, and a can of wax beans. And though they're not made out of wax. Ew. <laughs> and uh, what is your advice? My advice is plan big, but keep it simple. I'm planning for a party. This Saturday will be uh, my 50th birthday party, which I'm already 50. Just happened a few days ago. And we're having a party. We have no idea how many people are going to show up. It's a small town. We've invited as many, everybody. It's open invitation. You know, at one point we had 110 people coming, and now we might have 50 people coming. Don't know. So you could be like, well, you could go over over the top and make it really complicated Right? Fancy, fancy cakes and fancy everything and fancy food. Or, for lots and lots of people, or just like we're doing, planning for a lot of people, but keeping it simple. Chili dogs, snacks. I'm baking some cakes there. It's actually in the little fire station in the garage. They're cleaning out for us. (laughs) But they have a kitchen that we can use. So I'm going to bake the cakes there in disposable pans. Enough for 100 people. Small pieces of cake. So we're planning big as in, you know, expect a lot of people. I've made some cool decorations, a little bit of games here and there, but nothing fancy. Fairly simple. But we're prepared for, you know, some big fun. We even have a DJ coming to play music, so that's the big... The Is big, it big Dead Mouse? Uh, no, it's not. It's DJ Andy. <laughs> That sounds like somebody from Twin Peaks. Our DJ is that Andy. kind of DJ. He's the kind of DJ that plays, like, if you say we want 80s music all night, he'll just play a bunch of 80s music. So, there you go. All right. You know? All right. So, um, I want to remind you about my website, ascally.com. Because sitalk.com <laughs> disappeared. He's no more. <laughs> it isn't. I decided screw it. I don't ever really put a lot of stuff on there anyway. So, nah. I'm you removed. can email me still, though. I'm removing it from this list here. Yeah, do because you're just Listen like you're like what's his face? If it's on the screen, you will read it. Like it, you don't have a brain of your own. It is gone. I'll remind you about aschoolie.com and Sid yeah. Talk on Facebook. No, she don't want you on Facebook. She only <laughs> wants people she knows. Yeah, sure. Um, you can catch us on Twitter and Facebook, as I just said. You can catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed. Or if you've got an Amazon Echo, you can say, uh, huh? Yes. You're, you can say your trigger word, whatever it is, <laughs> <laughs> to make it listen to you. And then you can say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. You can email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom. Don't email Sid Talk, because she has not got us .com anymore. Probably I don't. Still, still got the email, right? Yes. You can guess what her email is. And <laughs> th- and lastly, stay classy, Mr. Luke Besson. I'm uh, I love your stuff, but this one you know, it didn't fully get me. I didn't grasp it fully. And you are saying I'm gonna say think for yourself. Because if you don't, someone will do it for you. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody yes, in America. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Duh. If you're not in America, happy Thursday. Well, just Thank- happy celebration of everything that's good in your life. And happy Thursday. There is a lot, regardless of what you think. <laughs> <laughs>